there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's today's message. Should we just pray as we come around? Word of God and the message for our church today. Oh, Father God, we just want to say thank you, first of all, for your love, Father God. Secondly, Jesus, the Son, our Savior, we say thank you for all that you have done for us, Jesus. The way you accomplish salvation is mind-blowing, and we sit here as recipients of your grace. And then, Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for your willingness to make our human bodies part of your home, temples of the Holy Spirit. And Father, we pray this afternoon that as you in your fullness, God, dwell with us, Father, we pray that there would be a unity with the Word today, a unity with each other as a family. But more important than any of that, a unity with your heart. Lord, we don't Take your word for granted. We treat it with affection and with the authority that it is, the word of God. And so, Father, we pray that you bless the word, encourage our hearts, and grow us up into all that you have us to grow up into. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Bless you. And uh, guys, um, if this is your first time to Springs Church, I know it is for some of you. Uh, again, it is just wonderful to, to see you this afternoon. Thanks so much for being a part of church and being with us. And um, it's just wonderful to have you. Uh, my name's Pete. Uh, I get to be one of the pastors here at Springs Church. And uh, it's an absolute joy. And uh, you need to know that anyone who preaches uh, in any church, or really, they really should have this attitude, but especially in this one, anytime you get to preach or share something from the Word of God, there's a, there's a sense of, gosh, who, who, who are we to share the Word of God? <laughs> Flipping egg. And so we like to use a lot of scripture in this church because we, we would like the Lord to speak to us a lot. Is that okay? And, um, and so this afternoon we're going to be talking about a key theme that's really close to the heart of God and exemplified in the life of Jesus and encouragement to his body, us the church. Um, but before I, I get into that, I just want to start by saying a huge thank you. Can we just give ourselves a round of applause this afternoon? This is an incredible, incredible church. That was really awkward. I'm sorry. Round an applause in yourself. But I just want to start by saying thank you so much for being the church that we are together. Now, I'm saying that, and I promise you, it is without any hint of arrogance or pride. It is, it is, it is with, wow, God, look what you're doing amongst the people of this church community. It's incredible. And I want to say thank you to you um, this afternoon. Um, Springs Church has been going for eight years. Um, or just over eight years, and it's become part of the thing, part of the DNA here at Springs Church, that if Springs Church is your home church, you just get stuck in, am I right? You just get stuck in, and um, that's how it is. Now, you need to understand, it's not like that in every church, did you know that? And so I'm really, really thankful that God is building together, not, not a bunch of attend church attendees doing religious practice stuff, but there is a group of people who are contributors to help us thrive as a church community, but also to make the name of Jesus known outside of these four walls too. So thank you so, so much. 
There are so many volunteers across the life of church. It is a fact that in Springs Church, the majority of people in church get stuck in serving in some way. Isn't that incredible? So I just want to say thank you. Thank you so, so, so much. Do you know, right now in our church history, in the life of our church, we are on a bit of an upward trend in many ways. Just keep an eye on me a sec. I want us to really understand the season that we're in. You see, when we started church, there were 11 of us in a pub, and it was like this. <laughs> and then there was suddenly 20 or 30, and it was like that, and it was growing all the time. And then we had a good amount of time where it kind of leveled off a little bit, and it gave us time to catch our breath and work out what we're doing, because I don't know if you realize this, but this is not a perfect church, and so we haven't got it all together, and uh, our systems aren't the best systems that were ever, ever, ever designed, although Jen is a master craftsperson of such things. And what happens in church life is this, we grow, and then we plateau. Those times are good for a while, but then we grow again, and every time we grow again, we go again. God, that just, that just came out. And and what happens is when we start to grow is there's a, there's a stretch again. Now, if you're a volunteer in Springs Church, you probably are experiencing a stretch at the moment. Just give me an amen if that's you. Oh, no, we've got a problem. <laughs> so I know that if you are part of the youth team right now, you are experiencing a stretch of a season because youth work is growing. And uh, for a, is it three out of the last four weeks, we've had young people come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior for the first time. We're on a stretch that's exciting. Now's not the time to jump off. Now's the time to jump on even more so. When it comes to Hope House and all the things, we've got to be really careful. Hope House is not a separate charity. Do you understand this, people? Hope House is Springs Church. You are Hope House. Hope House is Springs Church. It's just the name of a building. Springs Church, the body of Christ, the people are Hope House, right? And uh, things are growing exponentially. It's really exciting. You know, the whole thing with Aldi that's been going on. Uh, and the, the Hope House itself will be knocked down soon. But we're not scared about that because we've got some wonderful friends who run this place. Gemma's one of them. And, uh, and so there are plans afoot to make sure that none of the work suffers. That's good news, isn't it? But what are we on? We're on a stretch. We're on a stretch. And that's okay because we've just got to grow into our bigger jacket. That's all. But I just want to say thank you. As a pastor of this church, I know how much I'm, I'm feeling stretched at the moment. And if I'm feeling stretched, a lot of our volunteers will be too. But it's not because we're flogging a dead horse, people. It's because we're on a mission, and it's because God is about to do something really wonderful, just like he has the last eight years. So, stop banging on, Pete. Is that okay? Do you catch the heart and appreciation? Because you need to know that that is true. We're going to be digging into a new theme. It's not a new theme. It's an ancient theme. It's as old as the church. And uh, not eight years, 2,000 years, I mean. And uh, this theme that we're going to be looking into the next four weeks is the theme of generosity. What it means to live generously. And next week, I'm really excited that we've got Pastor Lisa Parks. Woo, woo, woo. Pastor Lisa Parks from Living Hope Church on, on the Russell's Hall Estate. She's going to come and she's going to preach next, uh, next Sunday. She's a wonderful, wonderful woman of God. And uh, we're really excited about what God's doing over on the Russell's Hall Estate. And so Lisa's going to be preaching and helping us to grow in all sorts of understanding and, uh, and experience of generosity next week. And then the week after, um, and the week after that, myself and Linz will be preaching and teaching uh, into the mission and the mystery of giving. But we are not about money grabbing in this church. Do you hear me? Hello? 
Money is essential, but we ain't going to come around your house knocking on your doors with the silver buckets and the QR codes. That's not who we are. However, we are a generous people, and we're not going to talk about money whatsoever today, but we are going to talk about the fount of all generosity, the source of all things generous, the Father himself and Jesus the Son, and how the generosity of God is looking to unlock the generosity in us. Is that okay this afternoon? So I'm going to ask you in these trying times, uh, in these difficult days, uh, to lean in and not be scared of the idea of generosity, but be willing to think, right, okay, it's time to grow. It's time to stretch. It's time to be inspired and be more than we've ever been. So let's, uh, let's start with a, a promise from Scripture, a prayer from Scripture. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, the Apostle Paul. And let's pray this as we're reading this together. Let's do that. I pray that out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God Now to him, let's read this together, come on. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Oh, he is so good. Do you you believe that God is able to do more than we could ever ask or imagine? Hello, do you believe that? He really can. I don't know about you, but in my life, I am constantly surprised by what the Lord has done. And if I'm surprised by what the Lord has done, I know that we are all going to be mega surprised by what the Lord will do. He's so good. The generosity of God. There are a lot of words that are used to describe God. And the word generous is not a word that is, it's not the one that quickly comes to, to, to your mind, but we can really describe our God as a generous God. Do you agree this afternoon? Help me out, would you? I was leading worship yesterday afternoon. I've preached in Brum this morning. I'm preaching and leading worship. So if I'm working hard, you work hard. Okay, so help me preach this afternoon, would you? God is a generous God. Generosity is who God is. And because it's who he is, it is what he does. Are you with me this afternoon? The word generosity, I looked it up in the dictionary because I ain't that smart, but the dictionary is. And generosity means this. It means readiness or liberality in giving. So a readiness to give. Remember, we ain't talking about money today. We're talking about giving. We're talking about selflessness. Generosity means a readiness or being ready to liberally give. Generosity means freedom from meanness. Those aren't my words, that's the dictionary, which after the word of God is pretty good truth, right? But, so, means, uh, generosity means freedom from meanness. Anyone want to be freed from meanness? Yeah, me too. Get generous. It also means to be free from smallness of mind. You can go and check it out yourself, Oxford Dictionary or dictionary.com, it's there to see. Freedom from meanness and freedom from smallness of mind. You see, God is ready to bless us liberally, do you know that? Do you know that God was so ready to be generous that he liberally sent his son to liberally die upon a cross, to liberally shed his blood so that we could liberally experience his grace? Do you hear me this afternoon? This is about liberty. 
God is not a scoundrel. He's not a miser. He's not a Scrooge. He is a giving God. Do you know that to be true this afternoon? God continually gifts us his creativity, his love, his healing, his salvation. God makes it his business to pour his life out into our life. He poured his life into establishing creation. He poured his life into humanity when he breathed his own breath into Adam. We sang that earlier, didn't we? we you, it's your breath in our lungs, and so we pour it back out in praise. The scripture tells us that when God fashioned Adam, the first human, he only came to life and God breathed. God was generous with his own life and breath. Are you with me this afternoon? He poured his own life out when he sent Jesus to die on the cross. He poured his life into the flesh and bones of Jesus in order to resurrect him so that all of us could experience the resurrection power of God. Hello? Ever since that day, God has been generously pouring out his grace in our lives. Listen to what the Apostle James says. Here it is on the screen coming up. James says this. He said, Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. God is a generous God. Are you with me today? He's a generous God. Every good and perfect gift, any truly good and perfect gift that you have ever experienced, the scripture says, comes from God himself. We can praise about that this afternoon. Every good and perfect thing. I'm glad that God is not, he's the father of heavenly lights. He doesn't change like the shifting of shadows. That's a cool picture, isn't it? And do you know what good news that is? It means that if God is generous permanently, it means he's going to be just as generous to us today than he was at any point in time and at any point in the future. God is a generous God. And then we find ourselves encountering the, the epitome of God's generosity. What's the epitome of God's generosity? It's God sending his own son, Jesus, from heaven to earth. Jesus didn't have to leave heaven. He chose to at the Father's request so that by example, he could show us what it means to be human according to God's holy, righteous standard. He liberally sent Jesus. How do we know this? Jesus himself said these words. Here we go. Take a look at the screen. Try not to be distracted. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Does that sound like generosity to you? For God so loved the world that he what? He, if someone gives you something, it's a gift. What's Jesus saying? God gifted Jesus to you and to me. That's pretty generous. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, thank goodness, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they've not believed in the name of God's only Son. God is so generous that the minute someone puts their faith in Christ, salvation is theirs. Phenomenal. God gave us Jesus. The Apostle Paul says, In him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood for forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Check out the word here, which he lavished upon us. All right, I don't know if you've ever been to a house party, and I'm not judging anyone right now, but you get to some house parties and they don't even offer you a drink, man. That's when you come to our house. That's why we like to make it known for our friends where the tea and coffee is, uh, because you're going to have to make it yourself, basically. Not because we don't like you, but because we're so excited to see you that we forget about getting you a drink. 
But then you go to another pot. Now, our life group had a barbecue and not while me and Sam were away last week. And I've heard about this barbecue. And I sampled a few of the leftover puddings that were brought home for me. Thank you very much, babe. <laughs> My goodness. Jesus is God lavishing his love upon us. Lavishing his love upon us. What is lavishing? It's generosity, isn't it? God doesn't have to love us, but he does. God doesn't have to gift us his grace and mercy, but he does. He doesn't drip feed us his grace. He lavishes his grace upon us. For all your life, his grace and mercy will be sufficient for your journey. Jesus is the epitome of God's generosity. But then we meet Jesus in the Gospels and we, we discover that he is so generous, just like the Father. And he's generous in mind and he's, he's generous in his actions and he's generous in his deeds. He's generous in the way he prays, not just about the disciples then, but at the end of John, you can see just how generous his thoughts are towards you as he prays for you and I. If you've never read what Jesus prayed for you, go and look it up yourself. End of the Gospel of John. Jesus prayed for you. He was generous in his compassion. That word compassion in the Hebrew, I've talked about it many times. It's not a, he felt sorry for people, so he, he healed them. That word compassion means he felt it in his guts when he saw injustice or sickness or people trapped by the enemy. Jesus was generous in his compassion. He's so incredible. Generous to the hurting and broken. Generous to the super religious know-it-alls when they didn't deserve even a conversation with the Lord. Generous to the down and outs. Generous to the prostitutes and the drunkards and the tax collectors. Generous to the people in between like you and me. Generous. Lavishing his grace upon us. This is our God. He's beautiful, isn't he? At the center of what it means to be a Christian, are you with me this afternoon? I know it's hot and I've got a bit to say and I'm sorry if my voice is boring. I, I am bored of my own voice. And I'm tired, so I'm giving it all I've got. Help me out. At the center of what it means to be Christian, at the center of what it means to live as a Christian, is this command, this double-edged command that the Lord himself gives us. Jesus, the epitome of God's generosity, gives us. He said, love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your heart and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The generosity of God, once again, shown through what is considered by Jesus himself the greatest of commands, and therefore, as Christ followers, Jesus' apprentices should be the most important thing to us as well. To love God with all of our soul, might, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And I want to encourage you this afternoon that you are a generous church. So many of you give of your time and of your talent and of your treasure. And the truth is that the gospel of Jesus Christ needs people like you and people like me who are willing to not just hoard life to themselves, but are willing to give their lives away for the sake of others. We're already, we're not preaching these messages the next four weeks because we need to become generous. We're preaching it because we are and we've got some growing to do in it. Are you with me?
The generosity of God, you see, unlocks his generosity in us and through us. That's what it does. You see, God gifts us his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit helps us to realize the opportunities where we can be generous like God is generous and make a phenomenal impact for the glory of God and for the salvation of souls. Pete, I would love to be generous, but I'm not even sure I can be generous beyond where I am currently being generous. See, I want to encourage you that the God of heaven is so with you right now The scripture tells us that he who began a good work in us is faithful to to complete it. That's good news. This is what Peter, the first ever disciple, says. He says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, he says, God's divine power has given us everything. Say everything. God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in what is divine, the divine nature, because we've escaped the corruption of the world. When we came to faith in Jesus, we escaped the corruption of the world and get to be a partner in the divine nature, the divine character of God himself. How? Because he's already given you everything you need Oh man, everything you need for life and godly living, the Holy Spirit is already present in you, bursting out and going to burst out of you even more in all sorts of ways, including generosity. Ephesians chapter 2, it says this. Now you need, it applies to you. This is about you, so you listen and read right here. It says this, it says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show us the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us through Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this was not from yourselves. It was the generous gift of God. Not by works so that any of us can boast about what we've done. For we are God's handiwork, now listen, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Now that's interesting. You see, what that tells us is this, that God knew ahead of time, ahead of your realizing who Jesus was, God knew ahead of time that the time would come that his spirit would come close to your heart and your heart would say yes to Jesus. And because of this, God in his generosity had already made plans for his generosity to be displayed through our relationship with him. Isn't that amazing? I hope you're feeling wrapped up in the master plan of God this afternoon. Ahead of time, God already knew that you'd be in this church today. You may never come back again. And I wouldn't blame you. We're a bit loud. But God knew ahead of time you'd be here today and he knew ahead of time that you needed to hear that he had got plans planned for you before you were even born. Plans to prosper us, not to harm us. You've heard that one. Plans to give us hope in the future. You've heard that one. You see, church, our truest identity as a child of God is is when we start to reflect our Father in heaven more and more and more. Are you with me? I'm going to say this, we are our truer selves 
are truer child of God's selves when we live generously. Generously. Jesus said this, he says, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. We've seen some sick people healed in this church. Is that true? We've seen a few miracles. We've seen one or two. God's good. He said, raise the dead. We haven't done that one yet. But there have been plenty of people who were dead in their spirit that have been come to life in Jesus. And plenty of people who weren't baptized, been baptized and risen to life in him. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Do we look after the sick when we can, when we hear about it? Yeah, we do. Oh, by the way, I try not to get emotional. I ain't going to look at Esther either. Um, last week, uh, as you know, my brother and I went on a, a wonderfully well-planned uh, trip to canoe across Scotland. And uh, at the end of the week, Sam was pretty poorly quite quickly. But the good news is he's also getting very well and as well. And, um, and it was quite dramatic and it was quite painful. And I'm usually the guy that asks the church to pray. And then I hear others saying, we really, really felt the prayers of people. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, I've never felt that. But last week, we put a call out. And so many of you in this church and in loads of other churches prayed for my brother and prayed for myself and prayed for Esther and our families. And we can honestly say we felt the presence of God because we knew you were praying for us. And by the presence of God, I don't mean he was there standing by us looking like an angel with some feathers. I'm talking, we knew the presence of God was with us because there was, a, there was an underlying confidence. I can speak for myself. There was an underlying confidence that things were going to be okay because we were prayerful. And so we come close to those who see it. Jesus says, come close to those who are ill. Drive out demons. Um, it's not my story. It's somebody else's story. But that has definitely happened um, in this church family. And God has set people free. But then Jesus finishes this. He says... He says, oh, it's not on the screen. Jesus says, freely you have received, now freely give. If you've received the salvation of Jesus Christ, it's now our joy to freely give. Freely send that message as well. Are you with me this afternoon? Bless you. So, I'm going to finish very shortly. I'm asking us the question, how can we live generously? How can we live generously? I don't know about you, but I reckon because God is love and generosity flows out of who God is, that generosity itself flows out of love. If you've been to any wedding in any church, you, you may well have heard that old scripture, love is patient, love is kind. Love does not boast, love does not envy. And so I reckon we can take our cue of how to be generous in life from what love is. Is that okay? So the scripture says that patience is love. Do you reckon we can grow in our patience, parents, Whew. can we grow in generosity of patience? Church family, can we grow in generosity of patience? And listen, why I'm calling these out, I'm really praying that a good few of them really stick in your heart and mind and inspire you to live big this week. Love is kind, says the scripture. Can I encourage you to be generous in your kindness? Do you know the Bible says that it's the kindness of God that brings people to himself. You don't understand how powerful your kindness is. It's beautiful. Love is do not envy. Do not envy. Be generous in your celebration of people when they have success. When you celebrate people's successes when you feel you have none of your own, that is extraordinary generosity. And I commend you to the Lord and you will be 
heard and seen by the Lord. Love does not boast and is not proud. And so can we be generous in our humility? Love does not dishonor others. And so let's be generous in honoring each other. Generous in honoring each other. Love is not self-seeking. So let's be generous in selfless acts. Simply to be a blessing, not to put people in emotional debt. Let's be a blessing for the sake of being a blessing, not to put people in emotional debt so they feel like they owe us. Jesus says, if someone asks you for your coat, or give, ask for a garment, give them your coat as well. So one says, will you walk with me one mile? Walk with them too. Not because you get anything back, because, because you're generous. The Lord sees that humility and that generosity. It says that love is not easily angered. And so can I ask you to be generous in resilience from flying off the handle? Love keeps no record of wrongs, so be generous in your forgiveness. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. So let's be generous in our embracing of the Word of God, which is the only truth. The truth. And then it says this, love always protects, love always trusts, love always hopes, and love always perseveres. And so listen to me, church. Let's be generous in our looking out for others. Hello? Let's be generous in our releasing of people to be all they can be. Let's be generous in our encouragement. Encouragement means to put courage into people. And lastly, let's be generous in our guts and in our determination to see people happy and whole and one. Is that good? I've experienced the generosity of God growing up in the church of God. From a very young age, Rob and Mel Allen have been so encouraging to me and my family. And there's been times where their, their encouragement has spoken such life that I want to carry on because of people like Rob and Mel. Do you see the effect that encouragement has? Hello? It puts courage in. I've been blessed. My best mate, Andy Aston, when I was 17, 18 years old, I'm driving my daddy's escort, and he suddenly has enough money to buy himself a Renault Megane. And instead of getting himself, uh, getting uh, rid of his Fiat Punto, which was in good nick, he gave me my first car. A 19-year-old Andy Aston gave away his first car at 1920. Is that amazing? I was so blessed. I was such a bad boy in that Punto. <laughs> my pastor, Pastor Paul, I even got one of those. No, it's too much detail. Uh, anyway, when the exhaust blew, I didn't fix it because it sounded amazing. The car died not long afterwards. I didn't do really well with that generous gift. Anyway, my pastor, Pastor Paul Chamberlain, if I was him after my first preach attempt, I would never have invited me to preach ever again. It was awful, offensive and rude. I thought I was an edgy 21-year-old with something to say, with a mic in his hand. I would never have asked me to preach again. And after the length of today's preach, you're probably thinking the same. <laughs> Stop laughing, it hurts. And... Uh, what am I saying this for? It's because, I tell you what, the generosity of one brother and sister in Christ to another, oh man, it just does wonders for your soul. Uh, Rocket Dave and V. So often, Dave keeps saying, thank you, thank you so much for introducing us to Jesus. And, and I, we have to keep saying to him, Dave, you don't realize how encouraging you are to us, mate. We need each other. Let's be generous. Proverbs Chapter 11, verse 24 to 26 says this. It says, the world of the generous, this is the message version with a poetic license. It says, the world of the generous gets larger 
and larger. But the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others are helped. It's true. God knows that it is very good for our hearts to be generous. God knows it's good for our hearts. We live big when we're generous. We live expansive lives and influential lives when we're generous. Our outlook and compassion and understanding grows exponentially when we are generous to people and when we're generous in our worship of God. You won't find this phrase in the Gospels, but in the book of Acts, there's a saying of Jesus that the Apostle Paul reminds everyone of. It's a verbal memory, and he repeats it, and he says, remember the words the Lord Jesus himself said? He said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Isn't that cool? Jesus himself, the one who we give all of our praise and our worship to, and he receives it gladly says that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so as we give to God, guess what? He doesn't half give back to us. And then as we give to God again, he doesn't half give back to us again. So good. I'm going to stop there for this week. But church, we live generously because of the generosity of God. We give generously because God gives generously to us. We live generously because we have experienced the generosity of Father God. And so it's only natural for us as kids to live like our dad and grow up in his image. Amen? Amen. So can I just ask you today to consider how you as a follower of the generous Jesus Christ, how you might consider, how can I be generous this week? How can I be generous to the people in this room? How can I be generous with my words? How can I be generous with my actions? It feels like a heavy burden. And it is when you're the side of making the decision to be generous. But I promise you, when you have stepped out and been generous, you'll feel 10 foot tall and feel so blessed. It's good. Why? Because it's godly. Joe, I'm just going to ask you to come and play. And uh, I'm just going to ask to just have a few moments of quiet and, and ask the Lord to help us, strengthen us, empower us to become more like him in this realm of generous living. He knows that being generous is good for our hearts. Amen. This afternoon, if you are in church and you've never heard of the generosity of God's love and the generosity of God's salvation, the generosity of Jesus' death on the cross to pay for your sin and pay for mine and to experience His generous grace, his get up and go again-ness. I want to invite you to pray a prayer in your heart with me, which is a prayer of, Lord, I either recommit my life to you and your ways, or for the first time today, Jesus, I want to put my faith in you. And I want to follow you. And I generously turn my back on what is sinful and nasty and just not like God. And I want to come to you and take you upon your generous offer, which is to be my strength and my refuge and my saviour and my Lord. So I'm going to pray this prayer.
Maybe you want to pray in your heart. Lord Jesus, you're so lovely. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your generosity of mind and thought and action and deed towards me. Thank you that you love me. And I didn't even know you. And Jesus, I want to thank you for your willingness to go to the cross, to be nailed to it, and for your life to be poured out generously as a sacrifice to set me free into everlasting life with you. I ask you forgiveness, and I'm ready to embrace your mercy because I need it so much. Come into my life. Let your spirit be with me. I call upon the name of Jesus. I want your life and your help. Amen. Amen. While every eye is bowed, every eye, you can't bow an eye. While every head is bowed and every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer in your heart and you felt today you were recommitting your path to the way of Jesus, or for the first time saying, I put my faith in him from this day on. I want to be a Christian. I want to be like him. I want his forgiveness. And I've prayed that prayer. Would you just be brave and just look up at me real quick and then back down. Maybe lift your hands so I notice. God bless you. Anybody else this afternoon? Anybody else? Bless you. Oh God, I just want to say thank you so much that you see every single one. Of all 8 billion of us, God, you see every single individual and you are so excited about every one of our lives. And Father, I thank you for this person this afternoon, Father. And right now, I thank you that an act of faith, a prayer of faith, an invitation into their heart, God, I pray and I thank you for your Holy Spirit to be with them and in them and leading them from this moment on. Bless you, Jesus. And for us as your church, God, help us to become more like you. Father, I pray that when people meet a a person from Springs Church, they'll go, oh yeah, they're from Springs Church. Why is that? Because they're generous with their words and their actions and their heart and their compassion. Father, help us become the church of your dreams, not the church of our desires. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more of our messages, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers. If you feel like you got something out of today's message, why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of Jesus? We are praying for you. We love you. So please, if you need anything at all, check out springschurch.co.uk. God bless.